Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me. Um, it's been... It, it's weird because it feels like it's been a bit of a rough start to, uh, to 2019, but last month I got three episodes out and this month uh, just started and I have a real dandy of a podcast of an interview today with you. So, or for you. It was with uh, Jonah Gray, so uh, of Gray Studio. He's the, I guess, second to youngest. There's uh, four boys in that family, and hopefully, I'll interview all of them eventually. Um, so uh, it was a really fun podcast. We did a lot of talking. We didn't get to. Um, I think we probably got through like sixty percent of what I was hoping to interview him about. So uh, he'll definitely be on the show again um, in the coming months. He's got a lot of really cool things on the horizon, a lot of cool things he's doing uh, as far as school goes, climbing goes. Uh, he's just got a bright, bright future ahead of him. So he will definitely be back, and uh, I look forward to it. So, woo! Okay, so to jump in, I'm going to start with today's sponsors. Um, Liberty Steam Cleaning is the first sponsor. Anything you got um, as far as carpet, tile, upholstery, automobiles, rugs, they can clean it. Um, they give free estimates. Um, let's see. You got to hit up Manny. He cleaned our house whenever we moved into it. He cleaned uh, our carpets and we could tell like a visible difference. It was super nice. It was like, it was nice to move in with fresh carpets, know that they were clean. We actually... Um, this past uh, week, I went climbing or pff, climbing, skiing up at Monarch um, in uh, Salada, Colorado, and I had a buddy who flew in. A couple buddies flew in from North Carolina. One of them slept on our uh, on our carpet in our computer room, and he said it smelled lovely. He said it was some of the cleanest carpet he's ever slept on. He like couldn't stop talking about our carpet. That was thanks to Manny. He cleaned our carpets for us when we moved in. So. Um, check them out. Uh, if you're in a surrounding town around Amarillo, give them a call for an estimate because um, I know he did a job in Hereford and he said that after he finished the job, gave the lady her bill, she was like, man, this is way cheaper than the local company did. So uh, definitely worth looking into. Check them out. Give them a call for a free estimate at 806-681-7633. Or you can hit him up on Facebook at Liberty Steam Cleaning. And I believe he is currently working on a website. So uh, that will be up pretty soon. But like I said, 806-681-7633. Uh, give a look around wherever you're sitting at your at this current moment. Look, Just look around. Any upholstery that you see that has some stains on it, he can get them stains out. He can take something that looks old, make it look new. Uh, maybe... Maybe you're not completely happy with the room that you're in right now. It might be some paint that you need. You might need some new paint on the walls, but you also might need some new carpet. So, uh, or not new carpet, just some, some refurbished carpet. He can do that for you. So hit up Liberty Steam Cleaning. Follow the link in the description of this episode, and it will send you right to his website. Next up is Amtex Builder. That's capital A, capital M, capital T, capital X Builders. Uh, they can cover all your roofing needs from repairs to estimates. Uh, if you're selling a house, 
they'll inspect your roof. That way that the buyer can't come in with some some crazy off the wall, uh, hey, you need a new roof. It's like, hey, look, we had it professionally inspected. We don't need a new roof. Or maybe you do need a new roof and that might be something nice to know before you have a seller come back and say, hey, our inspector found whatever. You know, you might want to know that kind of stuff. So um, if you're buying a house, if you're selling a house, they do free inspections and estimates. They're H-A-A-G certified inspectors. Um, I think they got four uh, just certified inspectors and then they've got a couple of the only H-A-A-G hail and wind certified inspectors in Amarillo. To top it off, on, on top of everything, they'll put a great roof on your house for you, um, do all that stuff, but also they're giving away a free roof every quarter to somebody who needs it. Um, this is like, it was kind of cool. They're doing it at, at, to surplant their uh, advertising. So instead of putting tons of money and tons of effort into advertising to just the general public, they've decided that maybe you know somebody that needs a new roof that can't afford it. Maybe they don't have insurance. Maybe they got jerked around by a contractor. Maybe they're just on some hard times. Hit up Amtex Roofing or Builders and they will hook them up, uh, possibly. You know, they're they're giving away a, a roof every quarter. So that's four a year. That's pretty big. I don't know of any other roofing company in town giving away free roofs um, to people who need it, you know? So... Uh, hit them up. They're a great company. They are definitely going to be growing uh, and doing a lot around the area. So if you want to give them a call, hit them up at 806-376-0934. Also, you can go to their Facebook page or you can visit them at amtexbuilders.com. I'll have a link to that in the description of the podcast. So uh, hit them up. These are both of these companies have been huge supporters of the podcast since the beginning of it. I mean, uh, their uh, financial sponsorship is hugely appreciated and uh, goes a really long way. But as well, it's just they've been very encouraging um, to my morale. You know, they've they've both of those dudes have uh, have really helped me out and helped keep this thing going. So. Uh, Give them some support. Show your support. Hit them up. uh, Check them out. So uh, we really here at the Panhandle Podcast, Panhandle Primate Podcast, we greatly appreciate everything that they do. So I've got a few announcements. First up is there's only two hats left. I uh, went through these hats a lot faster than I thought. For the Instagram Live viewers, uh, there's the hat. Um, But like I said, there's only... There's only two hats left. Uh, got a got a couple orders in through the pot, through the uh, website, and uh, they've been selling like hotcakes. So hopefully we're gonna take this money plus the money contributed through uh, sponsorships and Patreon to develop some T-shirts and some more hats. So there will be more on the um, in the future. Uh, but for now, if you want a hat, uh, you better hit me up quick because, like I said, they're going quick. Okay, that's the hat. Um, Okay, so a few announcements. So February 8th, that's this coming Friday. um, Hayden Pedigo is uh, actually putting in his bid for city council members or for uh, to be elected to city council. And um, that evening, he is playing a show 
with his uh, experimental project, the Plastic Mayan Staircase. Uh, this will be a pretty big deal. Uh, there's a film crew that's documenting it. Uh, they're going to be there that evening, and they're wanting to interview people about Amarillo. They're wanting to get like a like a grasp on what's going on in this area because it's it's a pretty weird place. And even some of us who live here, I say even some of us, nobody really knows what's going on. You know, this place is multifaceted and kind of weird. Um, so. They're coming. They're bringing a documentary crew, and they're going to do do a do a documentary. So it's going to be pretty cool. And I haven't ever heard Plastic Mind Staircase play, but I've heard Hayden play a bunch of times, and I'm sure that they're going to be dope. So you're going to want to check that out. It's 2112 South Van Buren Street. There is a Facebook uh, Facebook group event started. Uh, I posted that into the uh, Panhandle Primate Podcast Facebook page. So if you want to check it out, if you're interested in that event, go to the, the Panhandle Primate Facebook page and scroll down a little bit and you'll see the link to that event. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, it will be a big deal. So check it out. Go get there. So the next thing I'm going to announce is February 16th is Friend School debut. So Tim Ingalls, who's a former guest on the podcast, he's going to be presenting um, his Strong Towns uh, presentation. He's already got a PowerPoint and everything for it. So this will probably be about a 30-minute, 30, 30 to 40-minute at most uh, presentation. And then there will be some opportunity for some questions and stuff. It should be a great time. Um, friend School, if you haven't if you didn't listen to the last podcast it is uh the goal of it is to allow people to share what they are good at so for instance everybody knows everybody's good at some sort of thing that other people in the group either don't know that they're good at or aren't good at themselves so uh for instance you may you may have like a an advanced understanding of the Norse god system you know like the 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 norse gods and you might want to give somebody a history lesson on that right i maybe would be interested in that i don't know much about norse gods other than what uh marvel comic books have told me so uh that might be something interesting there's a lot of other things that could be interesting like gardening if you're like a master gardener or uh, you're good at building stuff or you uh have a degree in statistics there's a there's a, the list is endless of really of what could be presented here but we're starting off with uh with tim ingles strong towns this is something that's hugely relevant in amarillo right now strong towns it's really hugely uh relevant across the whole country but amarillo is really this like breakover point where um infrastructure is being revamped rebuilt uh city the city is being reimagined downtown revitalization all these different things the goal is to see how uh how to make towns resilient and strong and last way into the future so for you know so maybe my great grandkid is saying why would i ever leave amarillo it's a great place that's going to happen based off of the decisions we make now so that's kind of i don't know i i'm not the strong towns presenter tim is but i think that's kind of along the lines the only entry fee to the strong town or pff, strong towns friend school is you got to bring a side dish. We're having a brunch potluck. 
Cost of entry is a side dish. There should be a Facebook group uh, forthcoming. My wife is working on that, but she is uh, wrangling a two and a half year old all the time and she's in school. So cut her a little slack uh, and I haven't helped her with it. So possibly it's my fault. Probably is my fault. Everything always comes down on the man. Uh, but anyway, so check it out. Uh, coffee and quiche will be provided. Um, check my website for an event tab. It should be up later today. Um, so I've been running also on my website. I've been running this cons this uh, thing called the Beat the Primate Competition. Um I have the rules up on the podcast or up on the website. Um, it's actually been, it's kind of difficult for me to keep up with. Like I went skiing this last week. Um, so I had several people send me emails, but I didn't have internet on my computer up there and I wasn't really paying attention because I was up there skiing. So it, I'm going to have to figure out a new way of like, collecting the information and the data but i have a leaderboard up there um really the whole goal of it is to just develop a, a more healthy lifestyle like a, a long-term healthy lifestyle through running doing push-ups doing air squats push-ups did i say push-ups twice sit-ups sit-ups pull-ups push-ups air squats and running and bicycling i added bike uh, bike points on this last time. So, uh, six different ways of scoring points. The whole goal is to beat me, even though, uh, I told one of my cousins about it and he's actually beat me several, several weeks. It resets every Monday. So you don't really have an excuse to not get involved because, uh, there's new, there's new opportunity to win every Monday. So it's an honor system. This is one thing, quick little note that has been interesting to me. And it actually makes me really worried about the integrity of our culture because as I was telling people this, they were like, well, how are you going to keep people honest? How are you going to make sure that they're uh, running how many miles they say they're running or doing how many push-ups that they say they're doing? And I was like, my thought was like, it's kind of crazy. I've had this a lot. A lot of people have, like, that's the first question is like, how are you going to keep the competition fair? How are you going to keep people honest? And I was like, man. How sad is it that the culture we live in, that everybody has to be so worried, like everybody's first initial response is, how do we keep people honest? You know, instead of honesty being like the default setting. This isn't necessarily uh, important or uh, relevant. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the competition. I just thought it was interesting uh, that like the first thought is like, that people are going to cheat, you know? Um, I don't, that's complete digression. I don't even know really what the point of that is, but, uh, all of that to say that competition is up. And if it's something that you're interested in, I kind of wanted to design it for people that are maybe in an office setting. Um, like if, if you're working at a computer, uh, maybe set an alarm for every like 15 minutes, hop up, do some sit-ups, some push-ups, some air squats. Uh, if you have a pull-up bar in your office, that'd be dope. Uh, and then try to get a, a few runs in a week and just see what see what score. I mean, it, it is a competition, but it's also just a way of of antiquating your effort and antiquating the effort you're putting into to your workouts and stuff. So it's just kind of a fun thing to try to get people more involved. And 
uh, we're planning on having like this next month, I'm going to have a cookie party. So anybody who participates uh, will be invited to the cookie party to come and drink some beer and eat some cookies and uh, celebrate a competition, I guess. I don't know. Com- uh, participation. You know, it's going to be a participation trophy. Um, so, because that's one of the things I've realized, like, as I'm getting older, it's less for me. There's still some people who are pushing hard and they're going to win and they have a chance at winning at things. But for me, I'm just happy to participate. I'm just happy to be in there and to, to have fun, you know. So, uh, check it out. Whew. All right. I think... Let's see. Yeah, we made it through. Made it through all the announcements, and uh, so this is a great episode. Really fun. Jonah is full. He's he's a young man, chocked full of a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. He's a cool dude. Uh, I don't know. Did I mention I started rock climbing with them when he was like literally a kid. He was a young, like he was a young man, like uh, like he might have been sixteen years old or something like that. Whenever he whenever he popped up in there up in the climbing gym and it was kind of funny because he was like instantly crazy strong it was like you know everybody's like looking it's like where'd this kid come from you know he's just instantly strong you know he's kind of he has like a real long reach i was even looking at him today he's a little taller than i remembered him being man he's got he's got this like they call i think they call it the ape index you know like width of uh of arm reach and stuff so anyway uh super fun interview good dude um oh almost forgot Check out Patreon. I got a link down in the pod, uh, down in the notes. This helps go to developing apparel and furthering the podcast. So I forgot to mention that, but you can do a dollar make me holler, five dollars buy me a beer, or the ten dollar mythical creature tier. Yeah, mythical creature tier. Cause I don't know. I've seen I've seen more than more than my fair share of these mythical creatures. So hop in there, check it out. Um, dollar a month. Really, it's just a way of showing your support. Um, you can also support Amtex Builders and Liberty Steam Cleaning. Those are all ways that you can show support for the podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, follow along. Give me some suggestions if you got some, like whether they're uh, whether they're good suggestions or bad suggestions. I welcome them all. So uh, anyway, let's jump into this episode. But first, a quick song. This song is called "Songs." Uh, it's called "Sunshine" by Matt Costa. It's off of his 2006 release "Songs We Sing." I'm playing this today because I'm looking outside and in Amarillo, Texas, it is the sun. The sun is shining bright. It's like I think 72 degrees in February, like early February. So wonderful weather. Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. I guess it's a beautiful day every day to be alive. Um, so, uh, check it out. Enjoy this episode. And until next time, one, two, three, four. Sunshine, I'd really like to tell you, oh my sunshine, even though your skies are blue, you're drying up my bed. How can I get any rest now? Sha la 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 Someday You will get the best of me, oh Someday Probably when I'm old and gray I'm lying in my bed 
sha la 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 It's crazy, man. That a fall like that probably would have put me out for at least thirty minutes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not <laughs> he's even resilient. done crying, and he's, he's back resilient. up. He's like, let's go again. Let's go one more time. Let's do this. Let's All right, you ready? Do the same thing. You ready to get this thing started? Yeah. Let's All get right, started. All right, I am here. Or welcome, first off, to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm here with Arthur Jonah Gray. Do you go by Arthur ever? Nope. No. Only in class when it's kind of a pain to... To, like, explain. Yeah, it's explain like why to, I go by Jonah. Yeah. Why do you go by Jonah? Uh, I'm named after my dad. So, me and my brothers are all named after somebody. So, mm. we all go by middle names. Mm. Um, so that you can yeah. differentiate the identities. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've only ever known you as Jonah. Uh-huh. So, but I was looking at... I was creeping, trying to creep through all your social medias uh, to... I guess investigate, prepare, maybe could be the right Do word. Research, yeah. yeah. And I was like, he's Arthur on all of his social medias. <laughs> yeah. You know, how confusing. Like, yeah. imagine like a girl, a chick meets you at like a party and she's uh-huh. like, hey, that dude kind of caught my eye. I yeah. want a Facebook stalking. No, sir. No, no. sir. Because no. you don't know the Arthur. You yeah. know, you're going for the Jonah. Yep. When I was on Tinder for a while, it was like that. Like, cause mm. it, you can't change the name on it. And so they, you meet them and they're like, I thought your name was Arthur. Yeah, it's like, nah. Sorry. <laughs> how, did, how did that go for you? How was the Tinder? See, Tinder? I, I've been out uh, of, I was out of the game yeah. before that came onto the scene. Yeah, you were taken. Yeah. yeah no, I, did, I don't know. I, I didn't do it very, very often. No? It's kind of like, I'll try it and then, I don't know. It wasn't very fruitful, I guess you could say. Kind of all blind I, dates? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I was never really that type to... Mm keep pursuing like in that kind of I didn't want to meet like my potential wife that way you know mm. if that makes sense it's like I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for stories I guess yeah so, like, yeah I'll be all like oh 
oh yeah, we met we met at this coffee shop, and I was like eyeballing her at the not eyeballing her. That's kind of creepy, but <laughs> <laughs> we we locked eyes from across the room or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. It's not creepy. Like it's not creepy until you're like twenty eight. Yeah. Or ugly. Yeah. If you're ugly, then. <laughs> Than like hey. eyeballing somebody. Hey. I know it's sad. It's sad. Love too, no, man. I agree hundred percent. I think it's a. It, I don't think it's a fair double stand. Or it's a. It's a fair standard. Yeah. It's not a fair standard. Yeah. Because no, like, for, sure. for instance, my wife stalked me. You know? Did you, have you heard that? Have I told you that I don't story? Think so no. So we were at. I was uh, in the fire department garb. You yeah. know, and we're checking out at line and uh, at United. Okay. We were shopping. And her and her mom, my now mother-in-law, were in the next lane. Okay. And she was eyeballing me, like you said, and we locked eyes. Hold on, wait. If I ask her to tell me the story, is she going to tell something different? No, no. She stalked me. Because this is the thing. This is the thing. Is then we part ways, right? Okay. So she knows, she had a friend who like knows everybody in town. Her Mm -hmm. mom had a friend who knows everybody in town. So she hits up her mom's friend and says, hey, I saw a fireman, cute fireman. Uh, I need his name. You know, I don't know who he is. So she calls into the department. The guy she called happened to be a guy I worked with for like two, three years. Yeah. Um, and he was like, well, I don't know who you saw. You could have seen a lot of people. You yeah. know, there's a lot of firemen. And, but a couple. he was like, but I'll throw you out Dexter. He's young and he's single, you know, whatever. And it ended up being me. And so she, she stalked me. Hits me up on <laughs> right. Facebook. But see, it wasn't creepy because she was cute. Either. You know, <laughs> so it was kind of like it was like that could have been creepy, but she ended up being cute, so it was actually like cool. Yeah. You know, it was like, exactly. but it is an unfair, it is an unfair standard. Yeah, you know. Uh, so man, that was that was a digression, but but yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, the story is very important. Yeah, and it is kind of sad, which I was wanting to talk to you a little bit about social media here in just a second, but it is kind of sad that like. We're almost losing a narrative, a certain yeah. narrative about mm-hmm. our life, or like uh, even like an adventure. Like, yeah. you know, we don't view our life as an adventure because it's so well documented. Yeah. Now. You know, you don't have to tell the story. Exactly. Like, oh, like that was part of me, like looking back into your Facebook and your Instagram, because yeah. I'm like, what's this dude's story that he's telling the world? You know, because it's kind of how you present a story. You know, yeah. it's kind of interesting. You probably don't find a lot on Facebook. I don't really. No. Post. No. <laughs> Not, not well, not on Instagram either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, which well, is which is an interesting thing for a gray. Well, uh, I mean, I, I I feel like I was more of a. Uh, I'm not very nostalgic, so mm. I don't like taking pictures, and I, and I think that kind of stems from being a gray. You know, like everywhere you go, it's like, all right, we're gonna take a picture, mm. and then a picture turns into. 100 and you're like it turns into like wait a second yeah i can frame this perfectly exactly. here and we got light coming here and we got mm-hmm. this and exactly yeah, yeah so like, it almost kills the moment yeah so mm. instead of you know just like experiencing something which which is something that i kind of struggled with when i like when i when i went uh, abroad to china mm-hmm. um you know i was focused on experiencing it and then after leaving and we like we had to make a uh, video for our trip as kind of a reflection video and i regretted not shooting as much video mm. or photography as i should have because you know i was working with what i had you know i took some okay videos but just to like taking some scenery or, right you know kind of show off this 
thing, but I never, you know, really thought about, oh, I got to make a project at the end of this. So do you think that an aspect of that is like you looking at it like you're shooting that video for yourself, not necessarily for a project? Yeah, well, the the videos that I did take and the photography that I did take was more so... Like, my mom reminded me, like, oh, I'm going to kill you if you don't take any photos, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, but otherwise, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have taken much of anything just because, like I said, I'm not, I'm not very nostalgic. But, uh, you know, after leaving, it, I learned that, not really learned, but I realized that uh, maybe, like, a little bit of nostalgia, is, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I've known people who are just overly nostalgic, and it's like, all right, it's time to look forward yeah there's almost like a happy middle ground i i hit that a lot with my kid yeah because you know we uh whenever we go to the park Uh it's sad to see how many parents are on their phone the whole time so even though i'm only on my phone to take pictures of emmett i you know it's like a glaringly obvious thing that my whole generation uh, probably mine, I would probably say above and below yeah. our whole like collective generation is seeing everything through a screen instead of seeing the moment, 100%. you know? Yeah. And so, but it's hard because there are also times when it's like, you know, I've seen Emmett pee on the fence a hundred times, <laughs> but it's like in 20 years, how cute is that picture of Emmett going to be like of him peeing on the fence? He's getting you know? married and you could put that on the slideshow. Oh, show yeah. Dude, I've got so many. I've got so many pictures. <laughs> you got some out. dirt. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of dirt on that kid. No, he spends but, a lot of time naked. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it definitely mutes the moment a little mm. bit. For sure. So, so it just kind of takes away because you're so focused on, at least in my experience, you're so focused on making it look like an experience to everybody else or to you that, you know, you just, like when I'm looking back at family photos, like, and you're talking about how fun that looked and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like, well, it's a very different experience for me. It's like, it wasn't as fun as it looks. Maybe, like sometimes it was great, but there were times where it was like, yeah, we were forced to take a picture and we did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like, uh, so like, I don't. I don't feel like I'm very photogenic, not necessarily in the sense that I have like bad facial structure or anything yeah. like that, but I, in standing in front of a camera, I get like uncomfortable. That's why we're sometimes. on a podcast, right? Right. Exactly <laughs> why we're on a podcast. We have face radio. Doing, I tried doing uh, some video for a little while, but it's just kind of, number one, working with video, which you probably know way better than me, it's just time consuming. Uh-huh. And uh, like even uploading something to YouTube, I didn't realize it took like an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. And then like shit goes wrong constantly. Yeah. Like you get like a quarter of the way in and then your computer goes into sleep mode and then you yeah. come back and it's like, hey, nope. It's like, what? How do I do that? You Bring know? a laptop and it loses internet connection. Exactly. Just... Something crazy, you know? Yeah. But um, where was I going? Oh, so did you learn pretty early like how to stand in front of a camera? I, I still don't know how to take a good photo, I think. Really? I, I mean, I I was at a climbing competition Saturday, and my parents were like, let's take a picture of us all. And I'm like, you know, even my smile is, I, I hate, um, like, posing mm. for pictures. Because, like, I feel like I don't smile, like, right. genuinely when I'm posing, you know. Like, candids, I'm fine with candids all the time, but, you know, I don't. 
I don't know. It's, oh, okay, it's, we're gonna jump into this because <laughs> okay, what you're what you're hitting right now are like <laughs> several things that I want to like definitely let's dive go. in let's with you go. about. So you were born in Amarillo, yep, right? Born and, and now uh, just give a little bit of background of yourself in context with like your family. Okay. Um, you mean like with my my relationship with my family, and or, stuff or or a relationship, or like. Uh, like the Gray Studio, yeah, because it's kind of a, a pillar in Amarillo. Yeah, I feel it's kind like. of a legacy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, I'm a fourth generation Gray Studio photographer. So, uh, so is your great granddad that started it? Yeah. See, I was Plot talking Arthur Gray. Arthur Gray was my namesake too. So. Okay, so I um, <clears throat> I I thought it was your granddad that started it. Mm-hmm. So it was your great granddad. Yep. What and year I- was that? It's 1910. 1910? Yeah. Damn. Over a century of photography. Wow. Yeah. All here in Amarillo? Uh, yeah, here in Amarillo, and uh, my brother's down in Fort Worth doing some stuff, too. So. Right. And that's Mason? The Mason, oldest? yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, great-grandfather mm-hmm. started it, grandfather continued it, your dad continued it, and yep. now y'all all four grew up in it. Yeah, we all four grew up in it. Uh, Logan didn't have as much to do with uh, working for Grace Studio as much as like uh, me, Roman, and Mason. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mason obviously is kind of taking the reins on the whole thing, but uh, Roman is in college and he's doing his own thing, and he's also doing some freelance work. And yeah, stuff like he's that. doing some cool stuff, yeah. man. And I really enjoy his Instagram. Yeah, he kills it. He's, he does such a good job at like. I don't know. He's he's just incredible, incredibly creative, but uh, yeah, I I kind of took off and went to school, so take some time off. Yeah. So in because uh, I remember like when, right when I first met you at the climbing gym, you were like shooting video uh-huh. all like all the time. It seemed like going to like what was it mostly video that you were shooting and weddings yeah. and stuff yeah. like what, what all was your experience and this is high school right middle school yeah, high school yeah i uh well through middle school they kind of hand me a camera and kind of teach me some photography and put me on photoshop and teach mm. me how to edit a little bit and uh, i mean I, I was mainly paid to clean while i'm there you know so mm. that was my main job cuz i was so young but um and going into high school yeah we started doing video and, uh, you know, I, I've always been the type to like pick up things pretty well. Uh, like you hand me something and tell me like, all right, you have to learn how to do this. Like, okay, I'll learn how to do it. And so I, I got pretty good at video and then I thought, you know, that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, mm. you know, it's different when, uh, you know, it's kind of like playing sports. It's like parents tell you you're going to play sports. You get really good at it. It's like, why not go to college and get a scholarship for mm-hmm. it? When you, even though you don't, like, you might be good at it, but you might not like it. Right. You know? Yeah. And that was kind of me. It's like, I just. It's not that I don't like video. It's that I think my genuine passion and interest was not in there. Right. You know. Well, it, it's also hard uh, growing up in something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's uh, not necessarily all the time but sometimes you can develop like a resentment for yeah. it because it's there all the time it's yeah. always around you and you're just in that life yeah. you know you might want something different exactly it's like you know growing up with those expectations take on the family business or the family trade you're like i don't want to be a 
photographer. And it's it's almost one of those things too, like the expectation of yeah. you being a photographer yeah. sometimes can like push you in the opposite direction too. I'm I'm being real careful about that with Emmett, you know? Because yeah. like I want all these things <laughs> for me. You know, yeah. like I want him to be a certain way for me. Yeah. So like I can take him on climbing trips and skiing trips exactly. and camping and all these things. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm being sensitive to what he yeah. is wanting or what he is interested yeah. in or, you know, like that kind of stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I've, I've thought about that, too. When I have kids, like I want to expose them to many things. That way they know mm. what they're not going to do and what they are going to do. You know, because that, that wasn't, you know, how I grew up. It wasn't, I don't know, I, I, rem- I remember, I was a quiet kid. I'm still kind of a quiet person, mm-hmm. it, but I'm more just, like, pondering, really, um, and reserved. It's like, if I, I don't like to talk, because just to talk, I like to talk to, you know. To communicate something. Yeah, like, communicate a thought and, yeah. you know, flesh it out, but... Um, you know, as a kid, is like I, everything I did was, you know, very subtle. It wasn't like, let's go climbing. I remember eight year, being eight years old and climbing up like eight. I mean, we went to like OKC Rocks or whatever it's whatever what Rock Town or whatever mm-hmm. it's called in uh, Oklahoma City, and uh, you know, we're, my brothers are climbing up these silos, sixty feet in the air, and I'm like, nope. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nope. I get like eight feet off the ground. I mean, you know, I'm eight years old. Right, right, yeah. But uh, I get like eight feet off the ground. I'm like, no, nope, you can't make me. You can't make me go any higher. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, eight more years go by and I start climbing. Yeah. And going to comps now. Well, not, I've been to one comp in the last year, but, you know. That's going to comps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been to a comp. In years, like yeah. probably six years. I don't think I've climbed in one. Um, but uh, a couple more hits on this family biz. Um, so you've been to a lot of weddings. Yep. Probably more weddings than anybody else yep. uh, that I've sat with. <laughs> um, so you, you've seen a lot of people in the moment when it's supposed to be like yeah. when they've been told their whole life, this will be the happiest moment of your life. This will be the happiest moment of your life. And so one of my questions is like, do you, is it visceral, the contrast between the expectation of what it's going to be and the reality of what it is? Like, do you, do you see sometimes when you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't fun. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I remember there was one year. Okay. Just put it in context. I've shot about 60 weddings or been involved in about 60 weddings and one year, uh, you know, like between like spring and summer, like that's kind of the main, that's prime time for mm. like weddings. And I, I forget what month it was, but we shot, I, I went to eight weddings. It's two weddings a week. <laughs> and after that, after that month, I was like, I don't even want to go to my own wedding. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> well, you saw, you saw, yeah, you, I mean, there, and it depends. Like you, sometimes you got, uh, like the couple that was cute and like they, it was the most beautiful day of their mm. lives. It was the most beautiful beautiful day of everyone's life and right. involved, you know? Yeah. Just because it's such an awesome relationship. But and then on the other hand you have that bridezilla that's like everything's gonna oh. go wrong, everything is wrong, and like I just want today to be over, or, you know. Or as somebody's parent, like parents were always like oh. 
yeah. the worst. in your face and telling you like, oh, you need to do this and get this shot. And it's like, I've, sh- I've shot quite a few weddings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. Like, yeah. You don't even know what yeah. you're talking about. Like, yeah. like, I mean, not to compare it to like, you know, firefighting or anything, but you know, if somebody was teaching you how or telling you how to save this person's life, it's like, stop. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. It happens, I'm sure. Yeah. It happens all the time. Man. Yeah. Well, and it's even, it's funny cause there's like different lanes, like different worlds. Like, um, it's kind of a joke, which granted I love and respect all nurses, not yeah. all nurses, but I respect, <laughs> I respect the profession. Wait, hold on. Back yeah. <laughs> that. I respect the profession of nurses yeah. and, and what they do in their world. I cannot do in their world. Yeah. But there is like a trope of like people it's it's almost like a nurse will run up and say hey i'm a nurse you know like and it's kind of like all right (laughs) it's it's not necessarily valid in this environment you know like so it's even like different lanes within that you know it's and it's interesting because i think like most people realize that like you can tell the the salty nurses uh, they bounce mm-hmm. like they might be helping something and then hey you know like uh, oh so i use the word salty i mean like uh experience yeah shannon told me the other day that salty also means like angry and bitter yeah, or something like, like yeah, that so That's what i always, I think I always thought of it as like salty old sailor you know uh, these okay. sailors encrusted yeah, in the salt because yeah. they're out there all the time anyway okay anyway all that to say Typically, as soon as somebody shows up that it's their job to do it, they're yeah. bouncing because they don't want to work when they're off. You know, like exactly. I don't want to work when I'm off. As soon as somebody who's getting paid to be here yeah. shows up, I'm bouncing. You know. Anyway, that's a complete <laughs> that's a complete digression. But that that is interesting, man, because uh, you know how we were talking about nostalgia earlier. Sometimes nostalgia extends into the future we always think of nostalgia as like a past Mm -hmm. thing yeah and sometimes it extends into the future and you're like so nostalgic about an event that hasn't happened yet that you ruin the event you know you don't allow yourself to be present in the moment because you're living in the past well yeah you have those expectations of um what it should be like yeah what it should be like Uh Instead of what it is. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and I always wondered, you know, like that's, that's one thing that whenever I was thinking about questions to ask you and like directions to take this is like, uh, you're like a non-biased, you're the non-biased observer. Uh-huh. Fly in, on the wall. Fly on the wall in these moments mm-hmm. of that these people, the reason you're there is because they want to remember it for the rest of their life. Exactly. You know? And so like, it's just interesting I can see how that would like psychologically affect you for the rest of your life Uh because you're seeing all these people who, you know, you see the people who are genuinely in the moment, at the moment, and then you also see these people who cannot be in the moment. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what they're trying, Mm -hmm. no matter what they do, you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, um,. (laughs) Yeah, your uh, Gray's studio uh, shot our wedding. We did yeah. our. Uh, we did our. I didn't get to go to that one. Yeah, we didn't do video. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we did the video package. But uh, well, I think I was shooting another wedding too. Yeah, Roman. Year. I think it was Roman and uh-huh. your dad shot our wedding, and Mason shot our like engagement. Engagement, yeah, yeah. engagement photos and stuff. Uh-huh. It was a lot of fun, man. And that that's one thing you said earlier. Posed versus candid. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I thought was super cool about like the engagement shoot was Mason was really good about 
posing us. Yeah. But also in between the poses, you have these like candid moments uh-huh. where he's also like, da, da, you know, nailing Sneaks it, you know, in, like yeah. he's sneaking you, he's sneaking you some pictures, that trying to get, yeah, trying to get you in your element, trying to actually capture the, which that's interesting because he's trying to actually capture the moment. Uh-huh. You know, he knows that the moment isn't necessarily the pose. Uh-huh. It's the the time, you know. Exactly. So, and and I thought was another thing that I thought was interesting. And your my mother-in-law commented on this cuz she was like, "Man, wedding photography has come so far." But even when we were doing all our shoots with like the bridesmaids and all this stuff, like your dad was in front of us, but then Roman's like floating. You know, like he's like moving around. He's he's like kind of strategy, getting yeah. all these different spots, and you know, kind of like almost invisible. Yeah, you people, know, people like laughing and talking while they're waiting for the next pose. Mm-hmm. You know, like those moments, the moments in between poses are the ones that that you want to keep. You know, right? Yeah, that's that's the memory uh-huh. that you're not consciously like taking note of. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I thought I don't know. It's just. Because they are that fly on the wall. I mean, when they're having you pose, they're no longer the fly on the wall. Right, they're, 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 they're that fly on your face. You right, know? yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, get away from <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was it was funny because I was thinking about that and just like um, that, just that culture of it's like uh, it makes sense that you're going into psychology because there is like that level of mm-hmm. you you have to have this level of being there but not being there yeah you know like uh orchestrating but letting it go you know like all these different interesting uh it was just interesting i don't know i was just kind of i feel like i'm i'm mumbling now but but, uh so go off on tangents yeah go off on tangents man so (laughs) man a couple more on this dude i it was funny because i was talking to shannon before this and i was like she was like man don't hammer him the whole time on on that, on growing up in that, you yeah. know. But at the same time, it was like, dude spent 18 years of his life, yeah. like, engrossed in it's it. A, like, I feel like that's a large it's portion. A, it's a big root. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a big a, root, yeah. But, um... Just, don't just pull it up and, you know, get rid of it. Yeah, you, know? you gotta... It's that, still part of my life. It yeah. will always be part of your life. Yeah. That's one of the crazy things. But, um... It's different between like a root and a branch. Yeah. Branches you can trim off. Yeah. You know, roots are always going to be there. Uh-huh. But um, so that segueing into um, in a culture and time obsessed with images. Like now mm-hmm. we're living in like the, you know, I imagine in the 80s, you know, if you were a photographer, it was a hobby or you're a professional. You know, you were into photography. Yeah. You didn't just dabble. Yeah. You know? But then they started it's getting the... Expensive, for one it's thing. It's very expensive, yeah. you know? And especially then, and yeah. time-consuming. Yeah. Well, I mean, now everybody has a camera, so... Digital. Yeah. Versus back then, it was all film, uh-huh. you know? Um, but, uh, let's see here. Where was I at? So, well, and I guess we've already kind of hit on this, but, like, what is your perspective on capturing the moment, like, within the new... So, I guess we've kind of already hit on this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but... we... We hit on it a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I like I said previously, is that I'm not, I'm personally not very nostalgic, but I've grown to see more value in, you know, being a little nostalgic. Like uh, one of the last photos or series of photos, I guess I posted um, on Instagram is just of, you know, me and my brother and it was his birthday and I was, you know, making a post saying happy birthday. Mm-hmm. 
I posted all these, you know, different photos of, you know, he was at my graduation and um, some other some other videos of him like dancing or being a fool and you know I, I'm glad I had those moments because I could bring him up and celebrate him mm -hmm. you know so stuff like that like I like that the the whole um, this day and age kind of posting just to post and like that's why I don't post so often because I'm not posting so I can get views and likes it's like it's like I want to celebrate my little brother, you know, mm -hmm. and I want people to know it's his birthday and I want people to, to see how much of a goober he is and, yeah. and laugh at him and, you know, love him like I love him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See that personality and, uh, you know, with the uh, posed photos, some of, some of them are posed, but, um, you know, the first, the first photo we're at, we're at my house in Flower Mound actually, and, you know, we're posing for a photo, but then the very next one uh somebody in our group is probably my cousin he said something and we're me and roman are both just dying laughing and whoever's taking the pictures is just taking pictures yeah while we're laughing and so like that's not like i didn't i didn't fake laugh for that moment you know that's that's a genuine response to my cousin being in being hilarious so. yeah <laughs> yeah it is, it's crazy man i've struggled with it because i feel like uh, less so your, your age, but like, I feel like I was like born in this like brackish period of social media, like the world before social media and then the world after, you know, like bracket, oh, okay. where like fresh and salt water, like meat, you know, yeah, like that's gotcha. the brackish zone and you got these weird ass fish who can't live in the ocean because yeah. it's too salty and they can't live in fresh water because it's not salty enough. Yeah. So you get these weird fish. Who can only live in this like small zone, right? Yeah. And they they won't thrive in either. So like, I don't necessarily feel like I'll ever thrive in the social media yeah. world. But okay. now I can't really go back to the non-social world, you know, because yeah. I'm like in this in this world, you know, in this zone. But you're, you're in the threshold of yeah, yeah. I'm in age. the I'm in the threshold. But see, it's funny, uh, which I mean, like it means anything. But on like social on uh, Instagram, I think yeah. I'm at like five hundred and eighty followers or yeah. something like that. Well, okay. you see these kids that come out of high school and they're already at like twenty five hundred or yeah. whatever, and it's like holy shit, you know, they're not they haven't even done anything yet in there. Uh, so it's it's like weird. It's like uh, the value system has shifted yeah. slightly and. And having social equity is like a, a little bit of a different, uh, there's like a little bit of a different context around mm -hmm. it or whatever, you know? But I, I thought it was interesting because you were kind of born into an industry that was like media, you know? Yeah. Like before there was the social aspect to it, you know? Like, yeah. So, like, we capitalize on people's need for nostalgia is what I kind of always thought of it as. Mm. It's like our product is nostalgia. It's like the purest or nostalgia personified or objectified, Ooh. you know? Ooh, objectified. So it's that we're handing you a yeah product that is, is nostalgia. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just, I guess, a more poetic or whatever way of looking at it, but... Or business minded. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you'd interpret mm. that, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's kind of what I kind of picture it as. 
Well, and it's uh, one of the ways I was kind of thinking of it is like, uh, you know, like the Pandora's box or like okay. uh, the the sacred knowledge of the wizards. Okay. And it, there's always like this, like uh, this air around it of you got to protect it. You know, you can't let it get into the hands of the people who don't, who are uninitiated or something, you know, like you, you've got to keep it sacred because... Are you talking about photography? Or well, yeah. So okay. that, so yeah. So like, for instance, y'all were the keepers of nostalgia, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was not even in my mind that I need to be taking pictures and that I need to be this and I need to be that. You know, you hire somebody to do mm-hmm. that. You know, it was, it was, uh, kept away from me. But now it's now it's entered into the world, and it's almost like. The average person can't handle that, you know. Like you almost have to be a special person to be able to like handle it and mm-hmm. and not not lose your mind with yeah. it, you know. Like actually stay grounded with with that power, that uh, capturing the moment type yeah. thing, you know. Like so, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if it's uh if it's one of those things that like the genie's out of the bottle and humanity was never meant for you know, like almost like that's like a like a priestly caste. Yeah. needs to be hand okay. like like handling the nostalgia. You yeah. know, it needs to be kept away from the hands of yeah. the public. Now it's in the hands of the public and it's like messing everybody up, you know? Yeah. Nostalgia is like a dangerous drug, yeah. you know? Well I mean I I'd read I don't know how true this is, but um well I mean I actually I'm sure it's one hundred percent true, but in the last like ten years more photos have been taken in the uh, like, so if you take the last previous or the previous ten years, and then before then, more photos have been taken in the last ten years than prior to that since photography has been invented. Mm. And if you think about that, it's probably like you know, even today, like in, in a single day, probably more photos have been taken in the last you know, uh, let's say, since photography is invented into the you know two thousand mm-hmm. like year two thousand. Oh yeah. I, I would be surprised. I, I would imagine like before 2000, like I bet there's more photos taken in a week now than all of photography up to 2000. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Just because it's so crazy. I mean, just people snapping away and everybody snapping pictures of everything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just one day there's more mm, photos being taken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, true, man. It's, you look at all the content on just on Instagram. That's just on Instagram, as including like stock photos and Facebook and or the Snapchat or I mean, the uh, the fifty pictures a chick took of herself yeah. to pick one out to put on Instagram yeah, or the ten know? burst photos you just took to for this podcast yeah you know? that That's... I couldn't even figure out how to access <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> oh yeah it's crazy man it is like a it's like a wild time to be alive because. You're not, it's almost weird because you're not allowed to forget anything. Yeah. Whenever, you're not allowed to forget a phase you went through. But even then, it's like you forget, you do forget everything. Mm. It's like you're not, like you you have the photo, but but like you said, like, um, kind of what you said earlier about humanity is not, wasn't, what's it called, Um, meant to have that kind of power. It's like, yeah, to a certain extent, I think that is true because... It's like, how much do you remember at the end of your life? Without photos, it's like, how much do you really remember? Yeah. Well, and then you got to think of, uh, you know, every time a new technology is invented or introduced, 
you have all of these like uh, almost you know chicken little type people that are saying the sky is falling. You yeah. don't you don't understand the threshold you're about to cross, and once you cross it, you can never go back, mm-hmm. right? And uh, same thing happened with books. Like there was a huge argument that if we start writing this stuff down, if everybody relies on books, then they won't remember anything themselves. They'll start hmm. uh, outsourcing it. I think it was Aristotle who actually didn't like books. Hmm. He That's why the only writings of, and I might be jacking this up. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> but the only writings of Aristotle or Socrates, I can't remember. One of the two of them is from Plato. So I know Plato's the one that wrote it down. So Plato, he it was his teacher. And so he's writing all this stuff down. Socrates didn't write anything down. He was put on trial. So it's Plato. Plato, yeah, Plato was, was writing his, for Socrates. Yeah. Aristotle was later. I think. Aristotle, I can't remember. Is that right? I don't know. I, I can't remember. I've never I actually studied any of this stuff. I just like... Uh, it's been a while for me. Yeah. I can't remember the time. <clears throat> but anyway, all that to say, the one dude was saying, I don't want to write anything down because I don't believe in that shit because... People are going to get lazy. People are going to get complacent. People okay. are no longer going to think with their minds. They're going to think with the books. And that's dangerous, you know? And so, like, now, books have been around for so long and they're so integrated into our lives uh-huh. that now we say, no, you've got to read, right? Uh-huh. All of this digital media is what's dangerous. Books are the savior, right? Yeah. So it's like, the thing that was the demon is now the savior yeah. for the next generation, yeah. right? It's like, uh, you know, we're we're getting closer and closer to, uh, like, doom. Uh, and we're saying, oh, the step before the step yeah. that we just took was okay. But now the step we just took isn't okay. You know? yeah. Even though it's all a march towards destruction or whatever, you know? However, yeah. like, grandiose you want to, like... You know, but it, it is true, like... I can't even remember the books that I've read. Like there yeah. are times whenever I'm like, okay, I, you know what? I, it's because wanna... you've read so many, or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not the best, uh, the most read person. But it is even pathetic. Even like the the few books that I do read, you know, like the the, you know, I and I'm a slow reader too. So I feel it, that. you know, but Me too. but it's kind of like one of those things. I like look back on. I'm like, I can't even remember. Uh, I can't even remember what I ate yesterday. You know, I can't even remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. You know, so your, your mind might have been somewhere else. You know, it was somewhere. I mean, else. to create Most those memories, you need to be pre- present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like those those memories are created when you're aware. You know? mm-hmm. It's like so, you're always somewhere else. Yeah. So if you're it, like like if you're, you know, we talked about being nostalgic earlier, and then you talked about being nostalgic about the future. So having expectations about the future, it's like your mind. And in order to have those expectations, your mind's going to wander away from the present. Mm. Yeah. Uh, are you aware of simulation theory? Uh, the f- about uh, how we might be living in a simulation? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if we can create a reality that's so real, we can't distinguish it between our reality... It's probably already been done before. Right, yeah. That's kind of... The, that's the, the argument, you know, yeah. Elon Musk says. But it's kind of one of those things like... A lot of people like completely say, oh, that's complete BS. Like there's no way that's true. But it happens every day. Yeah. We, our mind already creates all these scenarios, all these simulations, all these imaginations. Yeah. In that even like it, like you were saying, it so influences the moment that I could be saying, oh, my podcast is going to be 
listened to by millions of people and this and that. And so it gives me a thought of my podcast that isn't real. Yep. It's completely fake. It's completely manufactured. 100%. Well, I was I was in a, this last semester, uh, I was in a class called uh, Intro to Perception and Cognition. Mm. One of the most interesting classes I've ever taken. And uh, we look at the senses and, you know, where they fail us and where, um, you know, like we, we'd go to memory, we go to attention, into attention, we go into all kinds of stuff, like vision, all of it. But, uh, you know, it's crazy how much of our reality is just, like, interpreted. Like, even, even in memory, when we're talking about you know, photography, um, just to backtrack to that real quick. Like those photographs can skew your memory of that experience, you know, and that's why, you know, you'll in criminal justice, mm. it's like people on trial, you got eyewitnesses that swear that this is the guy. You got like 15 people saying this is the guy when it wasn't the guy, you know, he might, he might've been totally different ethnicity totally different wearing totally different stuff. might've been completely different gender, you know, but you know, you have 15 people swearing but that this is the guy because they're all skewing each other's memory. Right, right. They they almost... It's like uh, they've got to be careful. Police got to be careful when they put witnesses together yeah. because then witnesses start bouncing uh, events off of each other yeah. and they, like, build the narrative. Like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, that that is that what happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. ran, you know. I saw him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that, that person wasn't even there. Yeah. Know? But, uh... You know, on, on top of that, uh, they introduced, in this class, he introduced this book to us called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. Mm. Wildly interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it's, it's, they're clinical tales. So they're, they're short stories, true stories um, uh, about this guy's clients, this guy's patients. His, uh, his name's Oliver Sacks. Mm-hmm. Since starting to read his book, I bought like, probably like eight more of his books. Oh, really? Just because he's, it's just so fascinating. Um, but he's a neurologist. I think he's a neurologist, I believe. But uh, in these clinical tales, he talks about um, where they're deficient in their brain. You know, like the, the man who mistook his wife for a hat. He literally mistook his wife for a hat. He's got, uh, for, for one thing, he has agnosia. So like, objects and stuff are hard to make out like he just doesn't have that part of like that part of his brain is damaged to the point where like he can't perceive this mug that i'm holding right now he can't perceive it as a mug or and then he also has prosopagnosia which is face blindness Mm. where he can't differentiate yeah he can't he can't recognize people like he can he can see features and stuff so his like his for example i think it's his brother has like a very distinguishable jawline or something like that. And when he sees his brother in pictures, he's like, that's my brother. Like, I can tell that's my brother because of the jaw. But when he's in, uh, like, for example, when he's walking down the street, he pats, like, fire hydrants and parking meters on the head as if they're kids, you know? Mm, Damn. And uh, what's even more interesting is that he's uh, a music teacher, I think he's like a doctor of music or something like that. And he uh, is a professor at a university. I think, if I remember it correctly, it's the first story in the, in the book. But um, anytime he's like getting ready in the morning, 
Like his wife lays out his clothes and stuff and uh, he'll sing or hum and go about his business and be able to put on his clothes. But if he gets interrupted or he stops, like he has to, like he, like he can't reckon, like he doesn't Ooh, know where he is. He has to, like everything has to be in yeah. a process, in a series. Well, the, the music helps him. Helps him. Hmm. The music, it, like uh, Oliver Sacks went to dinner at their home. And he was eating just fine, and then and humming, and like he could, you know, you know, reach and grab his fork and bring the food to his mouth and perceive everything. But when it got interrupted by someone tapping under the table or something like that, he kind of got lost. Mm. So like all this stuff, and it's hard to explain to somebody. Like I can't explain it because I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like to be agnosic, but. You know, it, and it also stems from, you know, like agnostic, uh, agnosia, like, mm-hmm. like G-N-O-S-I, I think, is to know. So agno is to not know. Mm-hmm. So that's why agnosticism is agnosticism. Yeah. And that's why agnosia is no, not knowing, not, yeah. not being able to perceive those things. So it's very, very interesting, like to me, that those parts of our brains like we just take for granted you know there's and then in the in the same book there's another uh story about the di- okay so it's like i think it's called a disembodied person or the disembodied woman or something mm. like that and you know in school we learn that we have five senses right right but really we have like uh i think it's like 11 maybe 12 because they're you know they're talking about you know one more being a potential sense but uh, proprioception is like being a being body aware like is my my hand is up right now like i'm raising my hand for those of you who can't see me i'm raising my hand right now but i'm not looking at it so this woman she lost her sense of proprioception so her arm could start raising if she's not paying attention to it you know she has to focus on you know reaching for like i'm reaching for this mug right now I can bring it to my mouth and I can sip. She can't do that without focusing. And if she closes her eyes, I th- I, in the story, I think he reports that is sometimes when she closes her eyes, she, she might collapse. Yeah. Damn. So, you know, you take those things for granted, like these, like our brains put together this reality for us, you know, but your brain can be at fault. We can, right. your, my color, like this, there's this poster on the wall in here. It has blue on it. It's uh-huh. like, my perception of blue is not the same as your perception of blue. And it guaranteed isn't because, like, uh, I have to do a physical for the fire department every year. And yeah. we have to do, like, a color <laughs> test. And I can see the first two numbers, but I can't see any of the rest of the numbers on it. Really? Yeah, they say I'm colorblind. I mean, I can see blue and green, and I can kind of differentiate. But that's one of the things that used to jack me up at the climbing gym all the time, was you have, like, <laughs> the color four out. pieces of tape yeah. on the thing. And I'm, like, looking, I'm, like, ah, oh, damn, what? You know, like, where does it go, you know? Because uh-huh. the... But, you know, and that that's uh, just a mild annoyance. Yeah. Um, it's not to the point of, you know, very difficult, you know, detrimental to my yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, you know, colorblindness, it's, it's very rare to be, like... I think it's very rare to be completely colorblind, like, just seeing black and white. It's, mm-hmm. like, typically when you're colorblind, you know, like... I forget uh, what colors... You see, like, mostly oranges or something like that. Mm. Or, like, some colors, like, blue and green kind of just 
look the same. Meld into, you know, they don't have enough different, not enough contrast in them or something like that. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that people don't realize that when, when somebody says they're colorblind, they're not necessarily like, they don't see any color, but they have a, like, cone deficiency in their, in their retina or whatever, you know, whatever their diagnosis is, you know, there's different types. Right. So it's just crazy, man. So I got a couple questions for you. Okay, bring it on. What do we got? One is, was your professor named Morpheus? <laughs> no, <laughs> that would no. been hilarious. That would have been awesome. Because um, I mean, that that is like that when you were explaining that class. That's it. Sounds like the first time that Neo goes back into like the training program, you know. Yeah. And Morpheus is saying like, "What can you trust? Like, what is reality? What is your perception of reality? Oh, what yeah. it? How much of what you think is projected?" is uh inferred you know it's like all these different things about reality that you can't you know a lot of people uh feel uh maybe some like uh what would the word be like apprehension or like nervousness about the reality that you see is not the reality but see that it's like divergent but that's actually one of the things that uh attracts attracted me to rock climbing yeah was Hey, you've got this one thing that's the same for everybody, yeah. right? We're all against gravity. We're all using the same exactly. holds. It's all the same angle. It's, and that's what games for humans are. Is yeah. it's a way of standardizing a set of like accomplishments or yeah. like a uh, it's like a standard uh, measure, like a like a ruler or something. Yeah. You know, like we're trying to say, is my reality the same as your reality? Yeah. You know, is is my getting to the top of this the same as you getting to the top of this okay that's a v3 it's like we both got to the top of it right know? right and and then you can you can have like, like an we're both arbitrary v3 climbers exactly know? yeah you can have an arbitrary uh concept in your mind that means something real yeah. in the real world and like so across one thing across the board too. across the board right and so but it's still a little subjective which is kind of an interesting thing like are you uh well, that's why you have those consensus you know yeah, you have those people consensus. climb on it and they're like like you know Lance gets on it and he's like oh that's a V1 and you're like it's definitely a V5 yeah <laughs> I can't you I know? can't yeah that's a that's a small hole, dude. Like, it's way <laughs> yeah. smaller for me you, than it is for you. You dynoed, man. Yeah, even though that's the same hole, it's way different yeah. for me. But yeah. It, Actually, uh, at the comp, he was at the comp the other day, but I, I, that's who I lost to, so. Uh, in in Lubbock? Yeah. No shit. Yep. I got second place. He got first. <laughs> of the whole thing? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they did. Uh, Divisions or? Well, we, I mean, we were both climbing in advanced, but there's two sessions, you know, so I, I can't remember if they did an overall. Oh, or if they did per session, yeah, I, mm. I, I think it was overall. Damn, man, I, I need to get back into climbing, dude. I've kind of, I find the problem is the climbing gym doesn't have childcare. Oh, yeah. And whenever we go, one of the two, either my, me, or Shannon, has to, yeah, has to watch him, you, you know. This, yeah. And it's like, dude, that I, the reason I go, one of the reasons I married my wife so is because cry, I yeah. like doing <laughs> things with my wife, you know. <laughs> Uh, which I mean, pretty soon I'll be doing. Emmett will be climbing, out climbing me. I guarantee you, within yeah. like the next probably five years, he'll yeah. be out climbing me. But uh, for now, it's just difficult, you know. But yeah, yeah I didn't even know he was going to that comp. Dude, yep. He was my cousin. I didn't know he was going. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick was there too. Was he? But Nick's Nick's son. Nick has a son, right? Yeah, I Hudson. think it was his son. Yeah, yeah, Hudson. He was a. Uh, he's on the climbing team, I think. Yeah, yeah. He told me that he was going to yeah. start that up at Arch and stuff. Yeah. That's super cool. 
it's uh it's one of those things man like uh climbing is such a cultural thing and like having family in it you know like yeah. really always brings you back to it you oh know? yeah that you next know, generation actually uh lance and i share a birthday no shit yep he's exactly 20 years or sorry 10 years older than i am wow yep that is crazy <laughs> how old are you now I'm 24. I think 20, he's 10 years older than me. 24? 10, yeah. yeah. Dang, yeah, 34, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, that should be about right. I'm 30 now. That's How's that feel? Um, good, actually. It's a yeah. strange feeling. Like, there, it's met with, like, a lot of uh, regret. Mm-hmm. Like, my 20s were great, and I loved my 20s. And, like, even, like, nostalgically looking back, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I have these great times but I also have all these times that I like wasted so much time. Mm-hmm. But I realized it wasn't a waste of time. It was I wasn't capable of doing the work. You know? Yeah. Like I almost had to like calm my, oh, my, yeah. my mind feel at 30. And that's why I think I'm getting all these like weird I'm getting all these weird things happening. And this is probably a psychologist is probably who I need to talk to. Because <laughs> I have all these weird things, like I have memories. Are start, I'm starting to process these memories from whenever I was a kid yeah. or from young adulthood. They just pop up in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like my brain is like, okay, you're developed enough. Your brain has formed enough for me to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you actually think about this scenario that happened yeah. or this or, you know, all these different things. It's yeah. weird, you know. But that that's one of the things I've realized is I view time differently. Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, I'd get off work, like whenever I was 21 on the fire department, I'd get off work, I'd go home, I'd like hand water my whole yard, drink a couple cups of coffee, you know, like maybe read a book yeah. uh, for an hour, take a two hour nap, eat lunch, go up to the climbing gym, you yeah. know, now my days are completely different, you know, yeah. and like, even the way I view time is uh, almost constrained, like almost instead of it being like free time yeah i don't ever have any free time anymore yeah so it's kind of weird arbitrary term of course but well yeah but yeah so sure i don't know man i digress but how was the climbing comp it was good uh like i said i got second uh i I haven't been climbing very much the last several months so like last semester i went climbing maybe four or five times oh really yeah. Like outside or just to the gym? No, I haven't been outside in a long time either. It's been since I moved. So coming on three years. Yeah. What? I just don't I just don't climb as much. Yeah. Well that that so, the year I moved, phase. I actually was injured. Like my I couldn't climb because of my shoulder. It's like I was dating someone at the time. It's like she couldn't even lay on my shoulder, like without me being like, oh, I gotta gotta take a break. What was wrong with it? Uh I don't I can't remember I think I was just having some uh, like pinched nerves or something mm. that, or some tendons, yeah, like tendon issues or something. I don't know. It's so weird, man. The human body is so weird because yeah. it's just like, uh, it's hurting. I don't know why it's hurting. A yeah. doctor couldn't tell me probably why it's yeah. hurting, you know? That's another thing is like, I hate going to the doctor anyway, I so. That. I hate that. Well, I mean, one of the last times I went to a doctor, so I got, uh, this time last year, I got really sick got really sick like i i was like they told me i had walking pneumonia but you know they gave me the medicine for that and you know like months went by and i was still coughing and it's like like i okay so now i do yoga like religiously almost every night you know Mm. and i i haven't been injured it's like i I took a pretty bad fall at the comp and you know my my i was fine like 
Is was your rope out a little bit too much? Yeah, I saw. Did was, you post I, that video? Yeah, yeah, I it, saw that it, shit. It, I was like, like overhang. He's you know? decking right yeah. there, dude. Like I, I could tell. Like I was my, like, well, my right hand popped off of this pinch, and it was just like, boom. Floor. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I landed on my, my my feet, fortunately, and well, I mean that's really not how you're supposed to fall, but. I landed on my feet, but fortunately, I, I didn't mess up anything. Mm. But, uh, you know, I, I did yoga the last couple of nights to be sure I wasn't going to feel injured. Tighten or up yeah. or something like yeah. that. So, but like I was saying, the last time, this, this time last year, I was really sick. And... Uh, I was training a lot to get back into climbing because my shoulders started feeling better and I wanted to, you know, start working out more and I was, you know, getting back into doing a lot of pull-ups and just lifting like a wild man, you know, and then I, I got sick and I, I remember walking to the gym, looking at that pull-up bar and I was like, that's going to hurt. Like I don't, like I can't, I can't do it. And so I remember doing some workouts that lasted like five, ten minutes maybe and being like, I got to go. Like I, I can't be here any longer. Uh. And then uh, I went to the doctor again and they were like, no, like your blood works fine. Like you seem fine. Like we don't need to give you anything else. And I'm like, I, like, I can't breathe. Like I'm in pain. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Like what is, what is going on? And so finally... There was one night where I was up until like 5 a.m. and I had to open bar the next day uh, uh, at like 9 a.m. And I was laying in bed and my my breath was just so shallow and my chest cavity was like barely moving. <clears throat> and I sat up and I was like, I got to do something. I got to do something about this because I can't keep doing this. And so I did some restorative yoga and... The next day, went to work feeling great on like three hours of sleep, feeling amazing. And then the next, the night after that, uh, it was it was a Sunday night, and I, I did it again. I did the exact same thing that I did the night before because like it worked. I'm gonna do it again, see what happens. And then the day after that, I went to the gym and did like I don't, I don't know. I I could do my old workouts. I could train again. And mm. what I figured out is that my my lats were getting so tight that they were actually pulling my ribs away from my spine. Uh, and so it was messing with the structure of, you know, my skeletal system. So the problem yeah. wasn't with your lungs. The problem no. was with the container exactly. holding your lungs. And, and when, I, when I tell people that, or when I talk to the... the so when I, when I told uh, the doctor that my back started hurting around the same time that I got sick... He like scoffed at me like that has nothing to do with it. And I'm like, like, I feel like they're correlated, you know, mm-hmm. they happened at the same time. Like I got really sick and I, so what, what I think happened is that I got injured and then it just kind of compromised my body and then my immune system kind of took a toll and then I got sick. Yeah. So I'm not sure how all that works, but. You know, I 100% believe that it was cor- they were like oh, correlated. Yeah. You know? Dude, I've had the weirdest and, shit happen around, like, my torso area. Yeah. And, like, my shoulder will be hurting. And then I'll actually, like, like stretch my, like, my left shoulder will be hurting. And then I'll, like, man, my, uh, my right, like, yeah. butt cheek is tight. <laughs> yeah. You know, or something. And I finally get my, like, butt cheek all broke loose and it's feeling better. And then my shoulder stops. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. it's, like, weird yeah, stuff. I'll go, I, I went to this uh, acupressure 
massage therapist. You know, like when you go to a massage therapist, you're like, oh, I'm ready for a chill time, get a massage. And uh, like my brother's a massage therapist too. So, you know, I've, I've had my fair share of massages, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> this girl, uh, her name was Ruth. And me and my friend, every time we'd, like she, she introduced me to, to Ruth. And every time I would leave, I'd be, I'd text her and be like, I just got Ruthed today because it was Ooh. so painful. Yeah. And I'd be like, I, I'd tell her I have pain in my neck or I have pain in my shoulder. And she'd spend 30 minutes working on my core or working on my feet or whatever. And I'd be like, no, like the pain's in my shoulder. And she's like, I know. And then, you know, I'd feel... Like she'd, she'd tell me to drink a lot of water, don't do any activity the next couple of days, or a lot of activity, and it'd be gone, you know? Well, that's it's a perception thing, right? Yeah. She knows more about you than you, you know about yourself. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Exactly. Sometimes that's what it takes is like, you know, I, I like having conversations with like these kinds of conversations when you know, you're like talking about these ideas and stuff. And sometimes it just takes a, like the voicing of them to make a connection mm. or, you know, the, the other person making an observation about those thoughts that gives you that epiphany, that you're yeah. moment, you know, it's a, uh, it's like, a. <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day with like Harry Potter and shit, okay. how like they cast spells, right. And yeah. they say these words and it affects reality. Yeah. Right. And we, we like to glamorize it, you know, That's or really. like Hollywood glamorizes it. They say like, okay, uh, luminoso or whatever and light happens or whatever, you know, but it's the intention. It's the intention that actually starts the ball rolling. Yeah. Then when you say it, it makes it a little bit more likely to happen. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I want to, I think I want to turn the light on. And then I say... Hey, do you want the light turned on? Yeah. And then you say, yeah. And it's like, okay, I walk over and I turn on the light. Well, you know? I mean, it's all symbolic, too. I mean, you can be a light to anybody. It's like, mm. you, you can literally, you can go and be a blessing or, or a curse. Right, dude. You can darken a room or you can lighten a room. Yeah. Depending on how you walk in and how you're projecting yourself into yeah. that place. Like, it, it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing at all to make somebody else feel better. Mm. Make something, make somebody else's day. And dude, sometimes it's the littlest yeah. things. Exactly, it's the littlest things that like impact another person, and you don't know, you don't know what that person's about to do. Yeah. like that's the thing is, you you uh, injecting this little bit of light into their life. Mm-hmm. My, it might be like more like a spark, you know, like you just lit a stick of dynamite, and they're about to go blow up, you know, beautifulness all over somebody, or yeah. you know, or. You might have just like lit the bomb that's gonna make them go, you know, do something yeah. dangerous, do yeah. something bad. You know? well, see, like, um, you know, recently you know, I work as a bartender, so I, I hear all kinds of, you know, negative talk or uh, something. I mean, you, you get positive conversations. I, I like to eavesdrop, but don't talk about talk about creepy. Yeah, don't tell my regulars that, but uh, <laughs> I like to eavesdrop, uh, but. Uh, there was somebody. He was an irregular. He he'd said something to somebody else about their vo- their laugh being annoying. Mm. I was like, why? Why would you say that to anybody? Yeah. Like, why would you make somebody self conscious about something that's so beneficial? Oh yeah, dude. You know? Something that shouldn't be controlled. Yeah. Your laugh should be something that 
when it comes out, you're not even thinking about yeah. it. You know, you don't. You, you shouldn't laugh and be like, "Oh, I, I'm embarrassed now." Yeah, for laughing. It just, just straight up. Just, belt it out like laugh yeah laugh like a maniac laugh man. like a maniac well, like, i don't care i love it you know? it's one of those <laughs> things uh you don't want to look cool when you're laughing yeah if you look cool when you're laughing it's then fake. you're not genuinely laughing it's not candid it's not candid it's dude. posed it's posed dude that pose <laughs> man that that's gonna that's gonna be it's like that that moment is no longer funny for you it's you know you're self-conscious. Yeah, it's anxiety. Yeah. It's met with anxiety instead exactly. of humor, uh-huh. laughter, joy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Dang, where are we at? Are we in the... Let's see, we talked about the Texas Tech Comp. We talked about... Oh, working at a gym. Dude, that's... Another, gym? So, yeah, you got... Yeah, that was... You, now you're a bartender. Yeah. Before that, you worked... At a climbing gym. Well, yeah, I was juggling two jobs as yeah, the, the doing shooting video, and uh, I was the manager, um, the head coach, and the route setting coordinator for the climbing gym. So I kind of like ran the show for the most part. It's like they gave me a lot of um, freedom. Like they were like, you know what you're doing, run with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're like, we don't want to do it, yeah. so you do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you know they got to a point where it's like. Right. y'all should know how to do it <laughs> yeah yeah that's a lot dude that's so, a lot for one person to be doing yeah but um so yeah. through that man you coached kids i coached yeah anywhere from i coached the the youth team which was anywhere from like the youngest was six the oldest was like 18 um and then i coached a college course um through oh, ac yeah, actually yeah, yeah that's um, cool people could get credit um for that at, at uh emerald college and then I coached the adult team, which, you know, our oldest, uh, I think he was in his yeah, late 50s or something. So, you know, ranging from age six to late 50s. Yeah, that's wow. That's so, a huge uh, swath of humanity. Yeah. So. And then. Uh, what a lot I, of trust from different people. Too. Oh, yeah. That is a <laughs> lot of trust, man. Well, and that's one of the things that's interesting about, like, climbing. Uh well, I guess maybe any any activity is sometimes people look at the people who are the best at it and just expect them to be great coaches. When no, there is a difference. The case. Yeah, there's a big difference between being good at something and being a good coach yeah. of something. Oh yeah, it's like it's like the difference between see that's uh, that's one of the things that I want to do is uh, I want to do research. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I want to do and I, I plan to do, and that's a, I want to get back to that. Uh, remind me, but. Uh, I want to do research and I want to teach. I like to... Like, you want to get back to what? Uh, the things that, like, I want to do a lot of things. Okay, yeah. I got that written um, down down here. Goals. Goals. But, uh... I like to teach. So, just stemming from, you know, coaching, my most of my experience of teaching is, like, when I understand something, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at explaining it in a way that, you know, somebody that knows nothing about it can understand or a kid like, mm-hmm. like that's that's how i th- i think about it is like if, if i know something if i really know something i should be able to explain it to a child mm-hmm. you know which a lot of people when they're so intelligent like when you talk to like a physicist you know it's like when they try to explain something they almost expect you to know something about physics mm-hmm. but what if you don't know anything about physics right or you know climbing it's like if you don't if you're not introduced to the simple body movement of like 
you know, flagging, like flagging your foot, which, you know, people listening to this podcast, if you don't know what flagging is, it's just pointing your foot out Mm -hmm. and using it as kind of a counterbalance, you know, but people don't understand the mechanics of that because they're used to, you know, maybe climbing ladders or or trees and that's the extent of their climbing experience. You know, it's like, you know, dancing. If, If you can balance on one foot, but if you don't know how to balance on one foot, you, you, know, you can't do it. Yeah, it's very, don't, there's a lot of aspects of the more you get into something, it's counterintuitive to how you perceived it being before you started exactly. it. So like a lot of, and that's one of the things that's funny is like when you see somebody that's brand new coming to the gym. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite things about being up at the climbing gym yeah. ever is when you see a couple come in and the guy <laughs> is like muscled up and strong and he's like, oh, I'm a you know, meathead kind of pulling up the wall. Yeah. And then you see his girlfriend and she's like kind of petite, you know, little, like, you know, maybe kind of a nerd or Uh something. I don't know. You know, she's uh, not necessarily crazy athletic looking. It's not like she's like swolled up and the girl always out climbs the guy, (laughs) you know, the guy's like sitting over on a bench, like worn out. And the girl's like, Oh yeah, this is fun. You know, like, like, you know, he's taking taking her expecting like be able to show off. Mm hmm. Yeah, because he's not necessarily expecting that, but... uh, Yeah, he's expecting it. That's the thing, (laughs) you know, is most of the time guys are. Most of the time guys expect to be better physically at something than girls. But the counterintuitive aspect of climbing is it's not a strength game like like you perceive it being. It's more of a technique, finesse, putting yourself in the right position, not over gripping, not... You know, like, that's one of the coolest things about girls, watching girls climb is they're used to not having power. Yeah. They're used to not being like physically powerful. Yeah. So what they do naturally is start using their leverage. They start using their body position. They start moving their hips and repositioning. Exactly. And so, you know, it's one of those things that like, uh, I was never very good at climbing because I was strong coming into climbing. Yeah. So I, some of the times whenever I should have been forced into using a technical uh, move, I could not use the technical move, use a power move. But then once you start climbing harder, yeah, technique starts becoming more important. Yeah, well, that that was part of my coaching style. Was uh, you know in the past, like when I when I was assistant coach, um, the head coach would always just look to me and say, "Well, what should we do today?" You know, it's like, "Well, you're the head coach; you're supposed to know." And um, I had a workout background, like I, I'd done some mixed martial arts and, you know, football, basketball, track, um, and then worked out on my own. Um, so it was just kind of natural to investigate and find out what works in the climbing world and, you know, everything, you know, people are different. It's like some people really benefit from lifting and, and then incorporating into the climbing and some people just need to climb, you mm-hmm. know? So... Or some people just need better technique. So I uh, I have this book. It's like a textbook for climbing. It's like the Rock Climbing Training Manual or something like that. And I've read it like probably three or four times. But in it, they talk about you know it, it kind of being a stool. Mm. So if you if one leg is technique, another leg is power, another leg is um, strength. So power versus strength. Strength being like, can I grip this tiny hold? Do I have the strength to grip this tiny hold versus power? Can I throw mm. and be dynamic? Yeah. And then you have endurance. Can I climb? 
a hundred feet, whatever, or can I climb all day? Yeah. So if none, if all, so if your power, if the leg is like uh, on a V six climbing level versus your technique, which is on a V one climbing level, it's like your your stool is uneven. Right. When then your that will affect your endurance. Yeah. And that will affect like exactly. it affects all these. Exactly. You know? Your technique will. If you improve on your technique, you'll be able to climb longer. If you improve on your technique, you're going to be able to hold those smaller holds better mm-hmm. because you're, you know, you bring that elbow in or you put it right under that hold or you, you're leaning the right direction or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, or, or even in power, it's going to help power too. Right. But, so when you level at that stool, so if you're, if your power is at a V6, you're not a V6 climber, but you can do V6, some V6 moves. Right. You know, when you get on that technical, you know, you might, you might get on a, uh, very like power intensive v6 and climb it doesn't make you a v6 climb right. if you're not consistently climbing v6 or if you can't do the, the techie flat yeah v6 yeah. Right? like the exactly yeah for sure yeah it it is it is wild how sometimes you want to and then you know you don't want to do what you're bad at yeah. so if you're good at doing the campus moves or yeah. good at doing the dinos or good at then Without a coach, without mm-hmm. uh, an objective observer mm-hmm. to tell you or to see what you're not seeing, you you might start just doing what you're good at. Exactly. You know, and mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you're you're uh, you're a thirty year old <laughs> <laughs> who's talking about how you used to be a good climber. <laughs> no, I was actually I can't even not pointing any fingers or anything. Yeah, that, I can't even say that about myself because I was never a very good climber. You know? <laughs> Strong, you're strong. Uh, yeah, strong, but I always just in like that's one of the other. I'm gonna actually, we're gonna jump through this to a couple other because I really want to cool, talk yeah. to you about some other yeah, stuff. No, but, sure. Um, like that's one of the things I've always I've realized about myself is I'm more into like I love the activity of climbing, but I'm into the culture of climbing, yeah, you know, yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, I was thinking about this a while back, I think for a ramble or something, but. You know, I used to skateboard back in the day, but I was okay. never very good at skateboarding. But I liked the culture of skateboarding. Yeah. You know, like so a social aspect. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a social aspect and a social degree. And I think sometimes whenever you're inside the culture of it, you forget that people might just want the culture of it. Yeah. They might not necessarily want to crush the ten, or I don't want to do this. I want to go out. And I want to climb easy climbs all day, yeah. and I want to camp, and I want to do a campfire, and I want to sit with yeah. my boys, and I want to have all this, you know. So it is. It's interesting because sometimes you get such a narrow view of well, and I this is kind of towards the end, but of what like success is, yeah. That you can't actually see the success that you're that the journey is, uh-huh. you know, like not even necessarily accomplishing the goal. But yeah. getting to the point where you can even try the goal. There's small achievements. There's small, the small achievements. Small achievements are first and to you know get to the, those big achievements for yeah. sure. Yeah. So let's let's jump from climbing. Okay, got it. Because I had a couple other questions like favorite climbing spot was when we'll just jump through these quick. Roy, New Mexico. Roy, New Mexico. Boom. All right. Um, climbing goals. Uh yeah, it's mostly social. I mean even the even the climbing comp was mostly social. It's like mm. I, I only go to it. Um, to see the kids climb again. Yeah. And then I compete with them, you know? Yeah. And then it kind of got real when I saw Lance was there and I was like, 
All right, I gotta beat Lance. Go time. Ended up losing to Lance. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what's so funny, man. I don't. I've never beat Lance really at anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I only lost by like probably six hundred points or something like that. But which you know, in, in that kind of comp, that's like, it means a huge deal. But like, we had two different routes on our card, so he had two. So uh, he climbed all the same routes that I did. And we could have potentially tied, but he climbed two two other routes that were harder than mm. you know my easiest routes. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. So wait, it was so y'all had the hardest y'all's hardest two routes were the same, but the hardest three routes were this. Well, so three of our routes were the same, and well, uh, but he climbed. Uh, well, I guess he okay. So we climbed four of the same routes because he didn't climb one of the ones that I scored on. Mm. Um, but. Uh, other than that, like we had, we had four routes that were the same. So if I kept climbing all the same routes, we could have potentially tied, mm. and they would have to go to our, uh, you know, uh, deeper in the card or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, look at or our flash how many attempts. attempts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, see how many attempts we had at each one. But you know, he won. So. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's he's the old, uh, he's the OG man. Yeah, I mean, he'd and been climbing like ten years longer than me. So. Oh yeah. Dude, he, <laughs> Well, and he was talented. No excuses. He There's was just talented no at it whenever he started. You know, yeah. it was like so there. It's like one of those things. Like Michael Phelps, when the first time he got into the pool, he was probably better than ninety percent of the people in whatever yeah. pool he was in the first time he got yeah. in it. You know, just because he's a, a freak, natural you know? talent. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk to you. Let's let's just jump down to what you're wanting to do. You said remind you about it. Yeah. Uh, well, you were talking about how your twenties were. I like you kind of you were kind of nostalgic about it, and you had like some regret, but like not mm-hmm. really. Um, I was introduced to this concept of, you know, like slow. It, they called it slow motion uh, multitasking. Mm. And from my classes, I understand that humans aren't really adapted to multitasking, at least efficiently. But this concept of slow motion multitasking, it's like. You know Albert Einstein. I I can't remember you know which of his theories. um, Maybe his theory of relativity. Don't quote me on that. But uh, for those of you listening, if you know, let me know. Um, He he started that at a young age, or you know proposed it at a young Mm -hmm. age, and then it wasn't until he was much much older that he kind of he had that eureka moment. You know, Mm -hmm. and was like, this is it. But in the meantime, you know, he's helping develop the the fundamentals for like lasers and mm-hmm. stuff it's like that's not bad you know right, that's not right. bad multitasking it's like long term though so mm-hmm. i think it'd be it should be called long-term multitasking as opposed to slow motion multitasking but at least the way that it was uh, explained um from my perspective but that's kind of what i'm doing is like i i'm you know i'm reading a lot i you know i, I read like three books at a time. Um, but I have like a system of reading. And I, I started this system back in the summer and I've read uh, like 16 books since then. And I'm a really slow reader, like mm. really slow. But, um, and then on top of that, I was in classes all last semester. So, I was, so reading, you're doing, I was reading textbooks. Yeah, you're doing that kind of reading on top of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I'd read most of those textbooks page for page like well, the chapters that they required us to read um but i'm, I'm trying to learn stuff 
just to broaden, you know, mm. my knowledge base. Yeah. And like right now I'm working with my, my dad and my brother more, um, doing digital marketing and stuff. So I'm just trying to have a hand in everything, you know, and start things. It's like, I want to write books too. And so I, I write, I try to write every day. Uh, and I want to write for research. So that, that also goes towards that. Um, I'm looking into grad schools and where I want to, mm. where I want to go. Uh, but I'm not putting such an emphasis on that. I feel like, you know, a lot of, uh, people approach school and making money in like this urgent way. Like they need to get through it so they can start making money. And it's like, they're, you know, living this life that they don't want to live to, Get out of school and live a life that they don't want to live. It's like the concept Dude. of like d- delayed gratification yeah. instead of the gratification being the each moment is yeah. gratifying. Yeah. So, you know, I feel that it's important to, you know, for one thing, know where I want to go for grad school, know what I want to study or what I want to specialize in, um, in psychology, because there's all kinds of different programs, you know, and then what kind of research I want to do. So those things are very important to me to figure out before I, you know, just go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in no hurry. I'm having fun, you know, working at a bar for right now and, you know, potentially making a little extra money doing digital marketing, learning something new. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, um, and that's another thing is like, uh, I've listened to this podcast. I forget who uh, they were interviewing, but she says, you know, just pick up something that you, you would never think you would do. It's like, you know, just talking about how some of our clients will pick up like a wrestling magazine, something like this woman will pick up a wrestling magazine, something like you know, she would never read and just read about it. You know, it's like that might bring you into this creative space of, you know, like developing your idea. So like mm-hmm. if I want to write a book and I'm like, I don't want to want to write it. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hitting a wall. It's like, learn something new. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in climbing. It's like, mm-hmm. if you can't climb this route, walk away, climb, climb something easier or climb something different and then come back to it. You know, one of the things that's, uh, it's kind of interesting when you were saying that, uh, you know, whenever I was a kid in football, they used to make us go uphill. They yeah. used to make us run the hills. Yep. And we, and the, the hill that we ran uh, was so steep that literally, you're like, you're a little safer putting your hands on the mount. I mean, it was super, yeah. super steep, really yeah. hard, you know? And it was, like, going to make us faster going up this hill slowly. Yeah. And I guess there's yeah. been some new research that came out that said if you actually run on a slight downhill, you get faster on oh. the flat than if you run uphill because you're training your body to run fast. Yeah. When you run uphill, you're training your body to run slow. Yeah. Now there are there are other benefits cardiovascularly and you know well, you strength power and stuff. You get too. power and you get these different things. But if you run like on hops, a, you run you run uphill. You get you get some pretty good right right. Jump. You get better jumps yeah. and you get all these different like weird things. You know. You can you can also so I but uh, foot speed foot speed no, they sure. increase you know you I increase your foot speed. By moving your foot faster, not yeah. by moving your foot slower. It's almost yeah. counterintuitive. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. But that might be what your 20s are. Yeah. You know, your 20s are 
the the slide downhill to where you're increasing your foot speed uh-huh. to where whenever you get on the flat you get in that race yeah your foot speed's high uh-huh. you know exactly so even if it's a little bit more difficult because now you're not running doing, on the downhill doing something counterintuitive yeah you're ready for it you know that, I like that I like that analogy right there but what I was gonna say is like before I went to China it's like I was going to the gym all the time this is kind of random like just bringing up China but I have a point uh, I was doing you know, like Stairmaster or like running hills and stuff because I knew we were going to the Great Wall, mm. you know? <laughs> so when we get to the Great Wall, everybody in my group is like huffing and puffing up this wall and I'm like getting ahead and like taking in the view and they're like looking at their feet like, Darn. are we almost there yet? You know, and I'm, I'm you know, just deep breaths, strolling up this press up these stairs and I can I can stop and I can look around and I can wait on them to catch up and just hang out you know and so like that's that's uh kind of like my goals with climbing my goals with uh exercising in general and fitness it's like I just want to be functional I want to be able to do you know and you know there's different aspects of functionality it's like different people view Mm -hmm. functionality differently but um, yeah, I want to be able to, like, if, if you told me, let's go on a, you know, let's go run a 5k tomorrow. I was like, I want to be able to go just drop of the hat yeah. and go on a 5k or, uh, something more aggressive. Like if somebody want to do a Spartan race in a week or a couple of weeks, it's like, okay, maybe I'll do a little training, but yeah, let's go. It's fit. It's being fit for life. Yeah. Not being fit for the event. Yeah. It's, it's like, I want to, yeah, be able to just go on a run with a buddy. Or, and, and not feel like I'm about to die. Right. Or, you know, go lift. Like, you know, I'm not, I like to lift, um, but it's not my favorite form of exercise, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend who yeah, I go lift with you know, regularly and I just enjoy, you know, the camaraderie and like, oh, yeah. hanging out and, you know, being able to just pump out some reps, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just meditative almost sometimes. It is meditative. If you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and that's the saddest part whenever I talk to people that aren't really into working out. It's like, man, they're not not getting to use that part of their brain. Because there is a part of your brain that turns on whenever uh, the... It's very beneficial cognitively. yeah. Yeah, to say like the the bitch in your brain whenever they shut up. Yeah, resilience you is, know? is huge. When when that part of your, yourself, everybody has it, when that part yeah. of yourself takes a back seat, a different version steps forward and that version will teach you some stuff about yourself that you didn't know yeah. existed, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, and there's also these concepts of like, uh, there's, there's this another, uh, there's another term, uh, rejection therapy, I think is what it's called. Ooh. You just go and ask, you know, just just start small. You go and ask, you know, somebody, can I have $10? It could be a complete stranger or, you know, can I have a hug? It's like expose yourself to so much rejection that, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that you're just used to it, but you're not afraid of being rejected mm. by those bigger things, Ooh, you know? Yeah, it's like cold calls. Yeah. You know, Chris... Talks yeah, about yeah. whenever he was doing a bunch of cold calls, and at first it's like really difficult, like to know that 
90% of the people I'm going to call are going to say, I'm not interested at all. But you got to call 100 people to gotta, get that one, you know? Exactly. Or exactly. Get that, get, if we're talking 90%, you got to call 100 people to get those 10. Yeah, and it, so as soon as you push through that fear of rejection, and I'm no longer afraid to get rejected, you open the door to the people who are going to accept you. Yeah. But before you push through that fear of rejection, you don't... That's kind of how I felt with this podcast. Is like... Yeah. Um, if a large, if I know a large portion of people are going to listen to it and not enjoy it, then am I going to let that stop me from putting out the podcast that the few people will enjoy? Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. so it's like, who do, who is more important? The people who aren't going to like it or the people who might like it? Yeah. Right. It's the people that might like exactly. it, you it's know, the, it's the people you do it for. You know, right. For sure. Exactly. So it, it is like it, that rejection therapy, man, that's a super powerful thing because you, uh, you will find that most of the time the people who are negative about shit in your life or yeah. things that you're bringing up, it's because they're negative about stuff in yeah. their own life yeah. and they're scared of stuff in their own life, 100%. right? And so you can't let somebody else's fears define your life. You got to let you got to let your, uh, I don't know, boldness define yeah. your life, you know, mm-hmm. like... Uh, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm plagiarizing all kinds of people. Like, none of these are my ideas, guys. So <laughs> it's not plagiarizing <laughs> no, because even the people whose ideas they were, it wasn't their idea. Yeah, they probably. learned that shit from somebody else. But, <laughs> all right, cool, man. Well, dude, we're at hour twenty eight. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a take two. Cool. We're gonna have to do uh, yeah. another session next time you come oh, in yeah. town because that, like, I didn't actually. Like I had to like jump through most of my segments, so yeah. there were several spots where I think we could have gotten into gotten into some uh, some some deep areas, yeah. some uh, some some caverns, yeah. uh, and, and we ended up taking the bridge over the cavern. Well, did, didn't get to talk about the website or books we're reading, or I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's man. too much stuff. Too, too much, much stuff. stuff to cover. But I think we got so I've got two more points, and cool. then we'll call it a day. So. We've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I've been asking ever all of my guests. So, how do you define success? Ooh, um, it can be broad, it can be narrow, anything, you, any, any, any direction you want to take it. You know, I almost don't. I don't. I almost don't really like that mentality. You know, it's like this this seeking success. It's like, oh no, no, it's not seeking success. How you do? How do you define? Define, success? yeah, but but it like that's. Ah, hold on. Okay, I'll give well, you. I'll give you an example. One one of the ways that I define success is how many laps Emmett chases me in the house. Okay. So one of the things, since we got a little circle here, um, in the evenings, he he says he says, "Daddy, I want to count." So he, one, two, three, go, and he chases me. Yeah. And every time we run through the kitchen, so he's chasing me. He's behind me. Yeah. Every time we run through the kitchen, he says, Mama, I'm winning. And then he keeps chasing me, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about that. At first, I thought it was funny because I was like, man, it's funny because he's actually behind me. He's not yeah. winning. He's behind me. But then I realized it was me defining success for him. Yeah. To him, he might be winning because he's chasing his dad around the house and he's yeah. having a blast and he's having a good time. And like, so who am I to define him as not being successful, right? Yeah. He is being successful 
in what he is doing because he is having a f- good, fun time, you know? Yeah. So almost like success doesn't have to be like a dirty word, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like no, success, sure. success, uh, uh, and it, granted it changes all the time, but like that was like probably one of my most like recent, like whenever I had this like epiphany where I was like, today I define success by having a little two year old pitter patter after me as my wife you know, cooks kitchen, you know, yeah. cooks dinner in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the point that I, I wanted to make is like success to me is, is like an intentional living, like having an intentional day. If I look back on my day and I'm like, man, I don't think I was intentional at all. It's like, that's not a successful day. But if I was intentional with myself and the people around me, it's like, I'm bettering myself. Likely I'm bettering myself. Or, you know, like, for example, if I need a rest day and I take an intentional rest day as opposed to, like, zo- like zoning out mm. and just kind of going in default mode and taking a rest day out of not thinking, you know, like, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, if I should have gone to the gym and wasn't intentional enough about my day, that wasn't a success. Yeah, you so, missed your workout just because yeah. you didn't schedule properly exactly. versus... No, I'm not working out because I'm resting my body. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do the things that you should do on rest day. Like maybe I need to be stretching more. Yeah, hammer do, some water. Do a full exercise or do a full hour of yoga or something like that. Mm. Or, or go on a walk. Yeah, eat a banana. Shoot. Yo, go on a walk, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. That's one thing that is so underestimated. Physi- like for physical... Uh, oh, yeah. If you want to become a better athlete... Make sure you're getting them steps in. Yeah. Make sure you're getting that walk in. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I'll, uh, I like to. Lately, I've been trying to listen to a podcast, go on a walk, or go on a run, or something. And just instead of listening to music, just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. get a different mind space. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I, uh, one of the ways I got that helped me get more into running and, and get my distances longer mm-hmm. was listening to podcasts. And, and I made a rule that I can only listen to podcasts while I'm running. Okay. So it actually made me like, okay, well, I better run for an hour yeah. because I want to listen to this whole podcast, yeah. you know? Well, see, like I commute too, or was commuting to class. So, you know, 30 to 40 minute drive there and back. It's like I could, I could get in a, oh, yeah, get in a podcast. Oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things that's good because you need to be present. You need to be paying attention to driving. Yeah. But you can, you can ingest, yeah. you know, like it's, it's really difficult to do a task like yeah. writing a paper or doing something where you need to be cognitively present yeah. and listen to a podcast. So it does yeah. limit limit your opportunities to listen. Yeah, well, see, like if I was driving somewhere new, I wouldn't be doing that because it's kind of like multitasking and how I said that we're not very good at multitasking. Mm-hmm. Like the in the moment, like really quick. Because typically when you think of multitasking, it's uh, I got this sense of urgency. Right. And... Uh, but when when you're, I'm driving to school, it's I've done the it's it's procedural memory. It's like I don't have to think about it. That's why you know when you drive home, and you you get home, and you're like I don't remember I don't remember the Making entire drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So you know your mind was wandering, and it was able to do that because you've been there over and over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. if I was driving somewhere new, like when you're when you're on your map and you're driving somewhere new, and you're like oh, I gotta turn on the music so I can find where I'm going, it's like really the music is just mm. it, it's not that it's not like it's preventing you from finding where you're going you know it's just it's one more thing it's one more stimuli coming in one more take stimulus coming space. in take yeah. up that brain space take up that brain power yeah you know it's like it it 
yeah, you, you, you can't multitask as efficiently as a lot of people mm. think. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's really funny is whenever people say that. And I'm really good at multitasking. It's like, yeah, who's the judge yeah. of that shit? You're like, judging that yourself. You can't say that you're good at something. Yeah, like as a bartender, I get pretty good at multitasking, but it's only because I get in a state of flow, you know? Ooh. It's like somebody asks me, so all, all my multitasking in those moments, like you got to learn how to do it because somebody asked me for food, you know, I work at a Tex-Mex restaurant. So if they want like refried beans or like a crispy taco, it's like some things are just like if they, if they want a taco and they say crispy, I just remember the taco and crispy's default mm. or a refried's default. And so I can remember all these things. It's like, I'll, I'll remember as a bartender, you don't have time to like write stuff down. I'll remember all these drink orders, the fact that I need to get this table's check and then this table's food order with all their modifications. And then I, I have to go make those drinks, ring and all that stuff. And then, you know, potentially greet somebody new. Well, wouldn't you say that that's like a, that's whenever it transitions into a profession? Like, because you're not really multitasking, well, you're tasking, you're being a bartender. Yeah. And by being a bartender, it requires yeah. you to do all of these different things. So it's really you're accomplishing one task. Exactly. Which is bartending. And bartending encompasses all of these subtasks. Yeah, and that's why I bring up this like flow state. Because mm. it's it's the same in climbing. It's the same in yeah. any sport. Same Stop in any thinking. profession. It's like when you're climbing, you're multitasking. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I'm not thinking about... You know, flagging my foot is just natural. Right. But in the past, it's like it's like you know, driving that new route mm-hmm. in the in that mm. in the past when I was learning how to flag, I had to focus on flagging. Yeah, it was intentional. Yeah. And then it becomes it then it becomes uh, reactionary. Yeah. Almost, like so, like when I'm making these drinks or whatever, it's like they're just all right here. Like everything's in my head. And I know I need to make, you know, four rocks margaritas and pour a couple beers and then mm-hmm. pour a Jack and Coke and then take it out and then drop it off at, you know, table 206, drop this one off at, you know, and then, and then ring in this food. And, you know, and then you have, you have to sequence those things in a specific order because, you know, like I can have that, that the food order in my mind for like, you know, a certain amount of time, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then it's gone and yeah. I gotta go ask him again like, hey what what did you order did you order nachos or yeah what but and uh, each time it's like you just see the dollars the tips just yeah going just down. well see that's another thing is like if you start thinking about that if you okay so if you're a bartender or a server if you start thinking about money and being an accountant you can't you can't get into that flow state mm. because you're not you're no longer a server you're not serving you're thinking about money. You're mm-hmm. thinking about tips. You're 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 now a finance major, you know, in a, yeah. in a restaurant. But the when you go in there with that intention of like I'm just going to serve people, and then you can get into that flow state of like when you've been doing it long enough. It's like I, I had somebody ask me the other day. It's like what what drink are you making? Because I'm like I'm like flipping this bottle in the shaker and then throwing the other cup on top of the shaker and then shaking it up and just like. You know, and, uh, you know, throwing the, the mug in the, like, I, I, I do like a quick flip so because it's just quick for me. And, uh, like, I'll grab the top of the mug, flip it over, and then salt it if I need to, and then pour it. And this this couple's like, what are you making? It looks special. I'm like, it's just our house, house margarita. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's not anything special. It's just, it's just the way you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It makes it, 
it gives it the a different presence versus yeah. just kind of like you know like yeah looking like looking like you don't know what you're doing if you look like you know what you're doing that it's so it's so important to be part to be like tuned into the culture oh, like yeah. that's part of like getting in that flow state because when you see a good bartender it's almost like they assume a different persona. Uh-huh. Like they're no longer themselves. Yeah. They are now a bartender. 100%. They are now like this new entity. They are like, uh, they almost like, you almost like lose an aspect of yourself mm-hmm. in order. And it's funny because I feel the same thing like with firefighting, you know, is like whenever, whenever I'm in that state, I'm not Dexter. Yeah. I'm not me. I am it. Mm-hmm. I am that. I, you know, you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You mm-hmm. almost take a certain persona onto yourself yeah. to be that for the other person. I'm not doing that for myself. I'm doing that for this person or this kid or something. You know, yeah. it is and kind of like if you started thinking about the income while you're trying to save somebody's life. Yeah, how are you gonna focus on saving someone's life? Yeah, I know. You you definitely don't want to be asking for a raise. <laughs> you know. Not a good time. Not, Not a good, good time. time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, is this really worth it? So that's a bit insensitive, yeah. insensitive, you know? <laughs> oh, shit, man. All yeah, right, yeah. well, hey, how about we end this thing with a song? You got a song that Ooh. you would like to suggest? <sighs> it can either be like an old favorite. It can be like a new Dang. like beat popping up in your head. It could be a, uh, let's see... You know, you might not even like this song. Oh, maybe, I'm so maybe I'm so to torture people. See, like I'm a I'm a film guy, so like I know all like film names, but you know I like songs. I love music, but when it comes to the names of I'm artists and song names, I'm like, dang it. Uh, what's a song that I've been listening to? I have to grab my phone real quick. I sometimes I forget. I forget to uh, to tell my guest. To give them a heads up. Yeah, come on. I know. It's irresponsible. No, I, got, I, I got some stuff here. Hold on. Oh, here. We'll go, I mean, first uh, playlist pops up. It's my workout playlist. Um, I feel like it should almost give some... Uh... Alright. Uh, we'll, we'll say The Siege. The Is Siege? It, that's, well, that's uh, the guy's name. That's the artist. Um, and the song's called I Am Defiant. So that that's like the newest song on my uh, workout playlist. Mm. Anybody wants to follow that workout playlist? It's pretty intense. It's got a lot of uh, good stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, so follow you on Spotify? Follow me on Spotify if you feel like it. I don't even know if I have a username on Spotify. I don't have anybody following me, actually. Yeah, I know. I don't either. That's one social like platform that I feel like should have taken off a lot better than it did. They're starting to integrate oh, that shit up into I got Spotify. 11 followers. Or into a... They're about to start... In, they're integrating it better into Instagram to where you can you know, like yeah. see what people are listening to on Spotify and stuff. Sweet. I got 11 followers that Damn, I didn't know about. Dude. Yeah, it's just Arthur Jonah Gray if you want to follow that. All right. Yeah. You got any other plugs, dude? Uh, No. No? Not yet. Not yet. You don't got that website up yet. Yeah, website's a work in progress. But uh, yeah, hopefully... Actually, Chris is uh, wanting to help me out with that. It's called Rethought. I don't know if we ever talked about well, it. That's why I thought... I thought it, I was actually over at his place the other day, and it looked like the website was up. Like, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I saw it on his computer. And it's it just looked unfinished. Like it was, 
Dude, post that shit. Who cares? It will never <laughs> well, be finished. Yeah, I know for sure. But like, what I'm saying is like, it, it's a template for one thing. Mm. Like, I started with a template, and so it has a lot of the template stuff on it. Ah. So I just need to change like the about, or and like yeah, all, the, all these yeah. different things to change some pictures because the pictures aren't a lot of the pictures aren't mine. But I also don't take a lot of pictures, so I don't have right. nothing to put on there. Damn, <laughs> I'm running that same thing too. Yeah. I'm like, man. It'll ask me like for this, I, okay, you got this like weird spot that needs a picture. Yeah. And it needs a picture. And then I go and look and I'm like, damn, I can't yeah. get none of these pictures. You know, I don't snap good pictures. Yeah. So, I, so really what I need is, you know, just generate some content first and get it going. So nice. Well, when it happens. I'll let you know. Yeah. You let me know and I'll share it into, I've got a Facebook group. Cool. Yeah. The Panel Primate Podcast Facebook group. Nice. So a little plug for myself. Yeah. If you're looking for Jonah uh, updates, go there, and I'll cool. I'll post. I I try to post um, updates anytime like a former guest had like put something out or yeah. does something cool. I try to post it in yeah. there just to keep people. Uh, in the up and ups, yeah. you know. And I'll start a Facebook page for for my website too. Okay. And then uh, there will I'll also connect a Instagram. I don't know if I'll start a new Instagram for it, but um, I mean my Instagram right now is A Jonah Gray. If you if y'all are interested in following that, A Jonah Gray. A Jonah Gray. So so yeah. All okay. right. Yeah, and I'll I'll have some links down in the uh, description of this episode where people can like click on your name. It'll take them to their like your Instagram and yeah. stuff. So. Oh yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, thank you yeah. for this. There's an uh, hour 43. It's probably end up being a little bit over two hours after I throw an intro on top of oh, this thing yeah. and you know plug in the plug in the songs. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. And so, uh, listeners, this is the artist is the siege, and the song is "I Am Defiant." I hope you enjoy. And until next time, peace. Life I barely spoken Your words have been so broken I've been under your hypnosis Why did I sip that potion? I'm so done with holy ghosting My birth, it is an omen Lay me down up in the ocean Until you see no motion Right now I can barely focus I'm showing no emotion On your knees, show your devotion My skin is black but golden I'm not here for bragging, boasting Ain't lying, I've been chosen Mind is burning, watch exploding This is my magnum ocean are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? Ain't felt this good in a while They want us to simmer down Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around To see if you're with me now Tell me, are you with me now? Ready to put it down Start at the bottom, already forgot him But they won't forgive me now You really ain't ready now You haters just in the crowd but still I just look around, are you with me now? Are you with me? Step in the fire, get ready to take it higher Real nigga coming out your amplifier Y'all want every black man to be with your pride Why these white fuck up and turn into shy, huh? Cell phone became your brother Internet replace your mother You leaving homies on red It's no wonder all your friends dead Jealousy was a centerpiece So my best friends turn to enemies Sabotage my identity Why they wanna treat me like a Kennedy They won't affect the legacy Protect it hard, I cut off the extremities I'll never be another piece In your recipe for social supremacy Are you with me now? Said are you with me now? Ain't felt this good in a while They want us to simmer down Can you hear me now? Am I going in and now? I stop and just look around to see if you're with me now Tell me are you with me now Ready to put it down 
Start at the bottom, already forgot them, but they won't forgive me now You really ain't ready now You haters just in the crowd But till I just look around, are you with me now? Are you with me now? Are you with me now? Said are you with me now? They fuck this good in a while They want us to simmer down Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? Shyness. Go crazy, turn this bitch into an asylum You fly, but we ain't looking for pilots I never bow down to a tyrant, it's highness Even Jack said, fuck all them giants What goes up comes down, man, that's basic science Look at my iris and you'll see the fines I'd rather not get involved with you niggas What's the problem, man, I'll solve all you niggas, huh? How you fine when your time up? How you climb when you line stuck? Barbershop getting lined up Yeah, your head good, but your mind fucked Super damn clear, Uber everywhere This sound like Superman is here Are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? In fact, it's good in a while. 